Hello and welcome to Behind the Counter at the Fly Fisher, a series that aims to give you guys an insight as to what's going on behind the scenes at the shop. Come along for some shop talk, fishing reports and general fly fishing banter. We've had no, we the best reviews on the podcast where you get the most pit. Piss taken out. Yeah. Of you. Yeah, I don't give fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will fucking bite back. Are we live? Here we are now. <laughs> <laughs> so no more taking the Mickey out of the Max. The crowd Curry, loves so. you. The crowd yeah. loves It's you. only because we've got that much respect for you. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Counter. I don't think anyone knew we were, reco- we were recording just then, but I'm joined by Andrew, Max, and Ross again today. Forbes has dropped. Basically, every day he works, so you won't hear him on the podcast for a little while. He's always been a man of leisure, but he's <laughs> taken it to a new notch. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? We've done a bit of fishing. We've still got some sales continuing in the shop. Um, Andrew, you got anything exciting to say? Nah. Okay. <laughs> There's so much exciting. Yeah, so. Well, always, always exciting. Where do I start? Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Well, should we talk? Well, maybe we should just kick the podcast off with some new boots that have arrived. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm excited about them. Yeah. So, hybrid sole. So, uh, felt rubbish on every service bar a slippery rock. Rubber, great. Kind of everywhere, but maybe not so good on the really slippery rock. Um, So, all of us have actually done a hybrid, both. Um, So, you get rubber and... Felt is one sole. Yeah, so it's sort of felt in the centre and then around the, I guess, the ring of the sole, it's rubber. It's fantastic. It's probably the perfect boot, I'd say, for fishing in Australia. Best of both worlds. Yeah, Yeah. I'd probably even chuck some little tungsten carbide studs in there as well. You could, yeah. And presumably they... Is there a spot around the outside of the sole where you can screw the studs into the rubber or does it go into the felt? I'd do both. Yeah. I reckon you could. Um, But yeah, the, the felt thing, I think... Nobody disagrees that felt is the most gripping material on slippery rocks. And whilst we've moved towards the rubber soles for various reasons, most of all, the, the, the thing that the rubber grips to everything, so mud and grass and dirt and all that other stuff that you're walking on, um, but when it comes to actually c- contact with a slippery rock, felt is just freakishly good. But it's great fun trying to watch your buddy climb up a, san- uh, a grassy bank when you're done fishing. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't do it. Yeah. He he's just, just running on the it. spot. It's like he's on a treadmill. That's it. That's <laughs> no, hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so that's a new product from Orvis. Um, we, yeah, we've got a big swag of these on the, on the way. Um, for now, we've just got size 8s that have arrived. So, if anything, that's just got us more and more excited to, to get the rest of the, the size range in stock because we can see that it's going to be – the business. Yeah. Right. Obviously, you can't take them to New Zealand, though, but perfect for local fishing. Yeah. I think it's important to point out it's actually the Orvis Pro Boot. So it's the exact same sole, like the inner sole and things like that. So you've got the most comfortable, most durable boot on the market. And still with Michelin rubber. Yeah, and still Michelin rubber around the edge. The yeah. most durable boot on the market, which is we all agree with. It's proven. You know, like there's so many people wearing that boot in Australia now and, and doing long distances. So it's a proven boot. You know the durability is there, the comfort's there, and now they've combined it with, uh, with a felt addition. Yeah, I reckon it's the 
easiest product to sell in the shop, if I'm honest, because their their reputation, you know, it is one of the few where you do get the call up after you sell it. You know, yes. just the only oh, thing. Man, People that's like the best, the best pair of boots yeah. you've ever sold. <laughs> no, it's, that's happened. Yeah, um, and maybe for regular listeners, we spoke in depth about the Smith Optics. We are now going to get the license to do prescription in Smiths. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. So if anyone um, want like some sort of prescriptions, uh, email for your prescription. We will flick over to Smith. And Finally, Max. Good for your aging well, eyesight, I, I, Max. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're, we, we're not going to dig on Max this podcast. Right? No, no, no. It no. was that was just a, a <laughs> roll no. of the tongue. We, we've had we've had letters and emails and yeah. text messages. You were basically the trout on a sandy bottom that you know is been rising consistently, <laughs> consistently, <laughs> and we knew if we chucked that fly out, you were going to grab it, Max. Yeah, are you still doing it? <laughs> 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 but moving on. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing we can offer. Um, what? Uh, there's been... Oh, the CDC. Did we talk about the CDC block? Did we talk about that last podcast? I think, yeah, I think we might have mentioned we it. we did, yeah. 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 A lot of people using it now, though, and it's it, it's the deal. You know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's, that's proven as well. Uh, that, I don't know why <laughs> someone didn't think about years ago. It's like <laughs> the simplest thing ever. Um, what? All good original ideas. Yeah. Yeah. The sale on Tosu boots continues. Yeah. And I can vouch for them now. I bought a pair for my partner so she could come fishing with me. And the difference between wearing a pair of, like, I guess, sand booties or something like that in a river compared to those wading boots, uh, they they seem good. Yeah. Um, and everyone I know that's worn a pair loves them. And they stand up, too, for the pr- $149 at the moment. They're exceptional value. And we still haven't had a pair back. Yeah. We still haven't had no. one pair back. No, they, and they've been reviewing well, you know. Like, I think people yeah. that wear it, they, they realise the, the, the quality and grip and durability and everything. It's, it is just a, a good pair of boots. And for $149, an absolute steal. It is, yeah. Um, but we're getting low on a few sizes, aren't we? Like, I think There's I, no 10s, is there? No 10s, definitely no 10s. And I, we, we sold quite a few of the size 7. A um, lot more girls coming in to get fitted for waders and so those smaller sizes now that we used to not really sell much of in sixes and sevens, um, it, they're really churning. So it's uh, really great to see, you know, with, with girls uh, getting into fly fishing and the gear being there for them, which it should yeah. have been for a bloody long time, but it hasn't yeah. been. But I mean, Sims do so well with catering across tributary all the way to G3. Uh, with the waders and then boots as well. I mean, boots are a bit different. You don't need women-specific boots, boots, yeah. but, yeah, it's fantastic to see. Well, we've got a whole rack of women's clothing in the store too. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's another uh, thing, Maxie. Yes, uh, there's um, quite a few sizes left and colours, so we've got... Um, we got some new colours there. Oh, I actually been maybe you're away when they turn. Yes. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Actually, yeah, I like a fleecy I priced them up and put them out, so you okay. wouldn't have even seen. Oh, them. I have a good look. Um, at that. But our ladies' rack oh. is ever expanding, yeah. and the, the bugs, the, the new like bug stocker stopper tracky. Yep. Oh, yes. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. That's good. No, the clothing's looking good across the board, and the shop is looking neat. What tidy were they called, Peter? And beautiful merchandise. Yeah, Ross just pointed out the women's buds stopper aisle pants. I think every female customer we've had into the shop over the last few weeks has either bought a pair or picked them up. Yeah, there's only one pair left. There's one pair left, and like that's yeah. good. <laughs> they're, they're cool pants. Yeah, I mean, well, a cut. And yeah, 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 that's you'd it. wear them round camp. Yeah, yeah, they're you super would. Comfy. Underweighters, they're yeah. perfect for that. You yeah. know, if you're wading flat, perfect for that. Yeah, perfect um, everywhere. And that, yeah, what the bug stopper hoodie, I think, was the other new thing that yeah. we got. And there's like a heavier weight, mid weight, fleecy thing as well, wasn't there? 
Uh, that green coloured green mm. thing. That's the bug stopper hoodie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's more it's more of a midweight. Yeah, well that's what the bug stopper yeah. stuff is. Same Perfect. as the same as the men, the men's one, but it's got a longer cut. Um and obviously, you know, the the curves that yep. girls need. Yeah. Um, and that bug stopper stuff, I think we've spoken about it on here before, but it's fantastic. I mean, it lasts 80, 90 washes, but... 75, actually. 75, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a... Right. Lasts a lot longer than that for yeah. someone like Roscoe. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> to get a wash once a year. Yeah. Well, it still only lasts 75 washes, but that's maybe 25 years. years. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, but that's a lot of washes, like when you think about it, like how often he, you know, yeah. actually... It is. That's the life of a garment. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Um we got well, new fly lines. We have got new fly lines. We got the scientific oh, anglers yeah. trout standard in, which basically has a shorter head. So, well, it's I guess it's an in between of the MPX and the trout. I think yeah. the head length is just a little bit bigger than the MPX, yeah. but it's yes. true to line size. But yes, it's like an it's like a lighter version of an MPX. Yeah, yeah, in grain weight, so it's yeah. not as heavy. Yeah, but still right. a short head. Yeah, shorter so, head. Shorter. Yeah, it's not really what you'd call a. It's the standard. Yeah. That's why they call it the standard. Yeah. Standard length of head and standard. It's brain. not yeah. anything so special. If you, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Yeah. A bit you, like you. Like, you know, yeah. In small doses, good. <laughs> just, just all right. <laughs> Perfectly fine. You don't want too much of a good thing. If the, if, <laughs> yeah, if the trout line you're wanting a little bit more at kind of shorter range, um, but you're happy with the trout line at distance, this is probably the perfect line for you. Um, but yeah, and the, the new packaging all coming through, yeah. like the sign of the wall is just looking better and better, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then the Trout Express. Oh, yeah. Which is a sink tip line, perfect for swinging streamers yeah. in rivers. Yeah. I've been a big fan of that, uh, the Airflow Streamer Max line, and it's it seems like a very similar taper. Yeah. Um, but with that very sign of Angler's pedigree, no doubt it will be a, a, a beauty for yeah, swinging those. Can that segue into a, talking about a different trout fishing technique? <laughs> you really want to talk about swinging flies, well, don't you? Well, a couple of people have said, how else do you fish if it's not dry dropper? Or if it's not indicated nymphing, or if it's not single dry fly, how do you fish this high water? Yeah, we're getting that question every day. All right, so the book of Euro nymphing might be a thousand pages long. I well, want you to give me the yep. first two pages. Okay, so Euro nymphing is a long leader technique where you do not cast traditional flies, or sorry, you cast traditional flies, but you don't cast in a traditional sense. You more lob a nymph on a very light line and it sinks faster to the bottom and it stays in the zone for longer. That's a very short And you remain in constant contact with your flies. Yeah, straight line, 90-degree bend, almost out of the rod tip, straight down, and you you feel it across the bottom. And what's the reason it is so effective? Why why do your flies, you know, I guess, drift so much more naturally in that method? Thinner leader makes for a better drift, and which makes the fly sink faster, which gets you into the zone quicker. So this time of year when there's a lot of high water and fast flowing, the trout get into like some sort of current underwater where they feel very comfortable and the food just comes to them. They don't want to move. So you need to make that fly follow that path that they're in. And another thing is you don't have an indicator floating on the surface of the water towing that nymph along. You're actually following, you know, maybe the speed of the current below the water because we know throughout the water column the speed of the river changes. Yeah, I think that was the light bulb moment for me that just made it all click was knowing that the the top 
current speed is completely different to the mid current speed, which is completely different to the bottom current speed. And what that thin leader has an ability to do is cut through that first two layers and say if you want your flies fishing in the bottom, um, that bottom current speed, it's less impeded by the, the mid and top currents. It just cuts through without resistance. And that's what's really putting you in such good contact with your flies and enabling you to get the depth that you want to get to get down those, yep. those nips. And why a indicator setup doesn't do it is because you've got thick fly line on the water, you've got flick, thick leader material on the water, and you've got a big ball of whatever you're using as an indicator. All three of those things are getting pulled, pushed each way, every way by the current, which is going to affect those nymphs. There you go. You're an nymphing. You're an nymphing. So in hot right now. Yeah, in a real <laughs> quick summary. Um, yeah, if you want to know more about your own nymphing, though, feel free to pop into the shop or give us a call. Uh, that range of gear is ever expanding and Changing. i guess the, yeah and and the more of it that we're doing ourselves the more knowledge we're starting to build with it like i, I, I we're going to start talking about where we've been fishing shortly but um you know I, i've found that the, the more i'm doing of it the more i'm learning and the more i'm realizing just how shit at it i actually am yeah. you know because i i'm not catching fish at that part of the the drift that i that i think i should be so a lot of work to do and then um, the line, the Trout Express line, um, would be a great option for another technique, which would be called swinging flies, um, which seems very popular at the moment. We've had a couple of people in here doing it with single hand. I reckon what we're going to do is more feature length episodes on, on techniques, yeah, and really zero in on you know the stuff you need to know for swinging flies, the stuff you need to know for your own nymphing. No, that's a good but call. Always keep an open mind because there's another technique that you can learn that is going to take your fly fishing to the to the next level. Yeah. And if we can help you see that light, then feel free to get in touch. Perfect. Well, Definitely. Um, I think we covered new gear, didn't all we? Right. I've got a, a little, a little in-between gag. I, I was just Forbes' middle name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've been waiting weeks for so, this. So, I mean, we've known Forbes a long time and – only recently is he starting to open up enough, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of fun we've made of his name, though. But you know, Forbes Lindemann, um, and he hasn't said this, but I've I found out his middle name last week, and it is a Perla. So <laughs> if you thought Forbes Lindemann couldn't get any better, strap yourself in. <laughs> Forbes, Charles, Wickham, Lindemann. I said Charles earlier. <laughs> Charles Wickham <laughs> Lindemann. Can you believe it? No, and he's going to be unique. a doctor. He we just, is we a just a need the third. Yeah, yeah. yeah, seriously. He must be a duke or something. <laughs> <laughs> duke of Denny. <laughs> duke of Denny. <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's I sensational. What a name. I mean, you just wouldn't think that that would be on any kind of birth certificate, but apparently it is. No one else in the world has that name. No. That is... Totally unique. <laughs> anyway, Forbesy, it's nice let's to be able to make fun of you when you're not at the microphone here, mate. Yep, let's see if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he definitely doesn't listen. No. Um, Are we going to talk anything about the gear that we fish? That's on the that's on the run sheet. Um. Well, I kind of mentioned those tosser boots before, but I didn't fish them. But shit, they were so good yesterday. They made the whole experience for the both of us so much more fun. Yeah. But and Chelsea can keep up now. She can keep up now, yeah. Yeah, she's going to start out fishing me soon. Um, but another piece of gear I fished yesterday was, it's actually a little bit of a sub piece of gear, but I have the CNF 
chest pack, the lightweight one, and in there they have the uh, they have fly threaders basically to thread your tippet through the eyes of flies, and that just makes it really easy for the smaller fly patterns that maybe have a bit of you know hackle stuck in the eye of the fly, and that's included with. Some CNF fly boxes too, fantastic. Yeah, the threader boxes. The yeah. threader boxes, yeah, mm. fantastic tools in, in the chest packs too. Really, really good um, accessory. Have you got those, Max? You haven't no, used those? No, I, I don't, but they sound like a great they're, idea. They're fantastic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good for low light or if yeah. you struggle with the vision. Lo- low light is yeah. The, yeah, the application for them, yeah. definitely. Fantastic. Yeah, for the evening hatch, yeah. essential. Yeah. But speaking of gear, I mean, uh, on over the weekend, I fished my Helios 3D five ways, which was absolutely sensational. It was my second session with that rod. With the new rod, yeah. yeah it, it's, they are just magnificent fishing rods. They really are. But also had the opportunity of fishing um, the uh, Scott G series, mm. which wasn't quite as suited to the conditions because the, the rivers were running quite hard and you needed something a little bit more sort of uh, solid to get those double nymphs out. But the G series just brought me to you know full summer and you know f- casting dry flies upstream. So you reckon so a lovely, lovely mid mid action rod, more of a single dry fly rod. You reckon probably uh, yeah, not 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 super suited for double nymphing heavy heavy flies. I don't think. I don't I think, think it's uh, really designed for that. No, though, it's eh? not. But um, you know, it made me think you know ways or in little streams in summer. What a, what a gorgeous little rod that is. Um, a little bit old fashioned in its action, and then you've got the Helios. Um, you just need like both. Yeah. I think Simple. you definitely need both. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't believe the amount of Helioses I've sold the last couple of weeks. People coming in for Sage R8s or Scots, and you're like, here, cast this. And they're like, got their mind made up. You give them the Helios, and they walk out with the Helios. <laughs> I mean, it's like a $200 difference between a Scott sector and a Helios, but it's a $200 improvement, too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're all good rods in their own individual characteristics, but for an all-round rod, the Helios is amazing. Yeah, well, you're sold on it now, aren't you, Max? You're Look, I am, at first. but I also see customers come in and they'll pick up an R8 and say, well, this is better than the Helios. So mm. it, it also depends on your casting style and perhaps your fixation on a brand. Uh, they're all absolutely superb rods. I must say, always really did get it right with, uh, with the Helios series. Mm. Um, they've done a wonderful job with it. But, um, yeah, it just depends on your casting action and where your head's at in regards to, you know, what brand you like. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, c- I can't fault the Helios. So. And the D and the F, you know, you've got the D. Um, the We, we t- took both out with a customer on Saturday and he, he, he the, the F was the one that actually really clicked for him and his casting stroke. And there's definitely a difference that you could see just by watching him yeah. cast. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely a difference between yeah. those two rods, but yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. I think the, the moral is just try it, you yeah, know, if you can before you, before you Absolutely. buy. Absolutely, and mm. see, what, see, uh, see what's uh, most comfortable. In your mm. Of course, we've got a 365 day return policy. So if we send you a rod, you don't like it, you want to switch it out for something else, well then you're welcome to. Yeah, but yeah, keep be open minded with the rods, um, but cast them all if you if you yeah if you've got the time, come in. You got some gear, Roscoe? You want to tell us about? Um, um, not really. All my gear I've had for a while. I did get a Helios two recently. Um, three. Uh, uh, no, I got, yeah. you got a oh, you got a Helios. I got a Helios two, two as well. As well, yeah. <laughs> so now I got a Helios three D six weight with a fighting butt. That's gonna. It's a good crossover for me. So it's a good lake rod, but it's also good on the boat for the salmon and the yakas and stuff like that. Um, 
Yeah, I absolutely love that rod. There's not, I've never felt anything that casts anything like that, and I've cast every rod on the table. So uh, that's what made my mind up there. And new G3 waders, but I haven't really given them a fair run yet. Mm. Oh, and the G3 jacket. Now that's new. Yeah. And, I, and it's been so bloody wet. And every time I've been fishing, <laughs> it's been sideways rain and I've been dry. So actually... If, if ever there's been a year to upgrade your wet weather gear, oh, it's this year. <laughs> mate, that jacket... Like I did have a Gore-Tex jacket that I bought in the UK before I came here. Don't know where, but I've lost it. So I splashed out, got the new G3, which has got a stretchy Gore-Tex panel under the arms. Um, yeah, holy crap. I've mm. bone, bone dry... Uh, in there you know of course that's what you expect you spend that money you don't want to drop a water in there and uh, yeah it's been it's been awesome and great that they've got capacity to transfer all your gear into the pockets that it has yeah so two huge chest pockets right up high on the chest uh one's got a lanyard like a zinger built in and the other side's got glasses cleaner built in um i've used the glasses cleaner a few times and then two big hand kind of pockets that are slightly higher up for wading um, it's just got pockets everywhere. It's got pockets mm. internal too. So if you were going to do like a two-hour evening rise session and all you wanted was a rod and a fly box and maybe some tippet, oh, yeah, you'd just take the jacket. Mm. I've got mine just preloaded with the, a hook hone, a nail knot tool and some nippers and then just transfer the fly boxes and tippet across and away you go. But those days where you know it's going to piss down rain, you just, you know, do away with the pack and just load that thing up. And if anything, it's more comfortable than some of the pack options because you've yeah, got the, the the weight being distributed evenly around your shoulders because of the nature of a uh, a garment like that. Well, my birthday's coming up uh, next week, so Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> need a new jacket, Mate, Max. Your, you your birthday too. present, your birthday present every day is the fine whiskey that we have at the bar here. Oh for you. yes, true. <laughs> I think we need to. Uh, yes, we need to top that up a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fine. Whiskey's fine. Every yeah, day is Max Max's birthday. Uh, okay. um, I want to give out shout out to the G threes as well. I inherited a pair of your old ones, Andrew, and. Oh, my God, they're fucking amazing. <laughs> and no, you've, you've got the old model. I've got the old model. Yeah. I can't. I can only imagine what the new ones are like. Like, it was night and day. I went from a pair of Patagucci's to... Or Patagonia's to... Patagucci's. <laughs> Patagucci's. <laughs> to, the, to the G3s, and it's just crazy. And the comfort. Yeah. Like, the comfort and the warmth is the big thing. There is a reason that that wader and that model has been what the rest of the Sims brand has been built on for so long. Yeah. Like, if... You know, I, I think we've actually put this in the... I might have read on the description on Sims G3 Waders online the other day, but I said that if it was... If you're a chef, this would be your... Uh, what are they? Your master dish. Your yeah. What, isn't that what they call yeah. it? Your signature, your signature dish. dish. That's yeah. it. Yeah, signature dish. You know, because it is that product that they they put so they're, much R&D. Their flagship into. product. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mine are eight years old. And this weekend... <laughs> Do you I want my old pair? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll buy a new pair there. But they've just developed a leak. But that's in the where my toe rubs against the boot. So they're still intact. Oh, so the boot, you can get, you can repair that. Yeah, I can repair that easily. So yeah. it's just a mind. So after eight years of hard fishing, they're still going strong. They're a, a wonderful, wonderful way. Mm. Good. Did we uh, talk? Go on. I was going to say some gear, but you go. No, I was going to move on from gear. All so right. you go back to gear. Um, I've got a Vision Nymph Maniac four weight, uh, ten foot that I fished up at Eucumbine, and. Uh, just such a good rod, you know. And I did a bit of indicator nymphing with it as well as Euro. Um, it's just versatile. It just And the four weight, because I was using, I guess, such big 
uh, nymphs just to get down because of the amount of volume, as you can imagine, coming down Yukonbean at the moment. Um, yeah, just fished really well. I loved it. I fished it the whole time. Hardly put it down. Yeah, and fish. they're bloody hard to get your hands on, I reckon. There's one left, maybe, on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, so, nice. Yeah. We're going to get some calls for them tomorrow, <laughs> and they're going to be, uh, sorry, guys, they're a couple of months away. But yeah. So, three main ones to look at there. They do the three-weight 10-foot, the three-weight 10-foot six, and the four-weight 10-footer. Um, you can be in specific for, I guess, spawning time and fishing er- really early season where it is super high. You know, the four weight's quite good, um, but ordinarily the 10 foot six three weight is the gem in the range for specific Euronymphing and maybe look at the 10 footer if you wanted to mix it with some uh, standard overhead casting. Yeah, so we did sell a lot of those four weights for guys going to You Can Be in the spawn run this mm. year. Exactly. But you have you lost your XO? Was Steve like that rod and he's he's keeping that now? You know, or? that was actually an old Helios in the XO tube. Oh, <laughs> so he was <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so he's not getting my old Helios because oh. I've got a soft spot for that. Um but uh yeah, he's gonna get a, a vision XO though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful rod. Um did we talk about the tuition and guided service we offer on the last podcast? Not really. Um, I think we might have mentioned briefly that we're going to be ramping up that stuff. Um, so we're working with a very, very select niche group of guides to take bookings for various destinations uh, around the country. Um, this is, I guess, you know, it's something that we've been wanting to do for some time. Customers regularly are, are asking us, oh, you know, I want to book a, a guide um, and we want to be able to offer that service. So um, wilderness fly fishing have uh, been great to jump on board. Um, so we can now book you directly with those guides being Airhan, Scotty, uh, Kyle, of course, and Chris Schroeder. Um, real crack team of guides there. They, they really do a great job. Um, and, of course, Peter and Karen Brooks of Driftwater down in Tasmania, they've moved back to... Uh, Victoria and uh, Karen of course is a competitive fly fisher um, and uh, a a qualified casting instructor so she's doing all our casting instruction too which we are also taking bookings for so if we can help you with uh, a guide or a casting instruction course or uh, also Euronymphing course we've got one coming up at the end of October October being this month um, as well as an introduction to fly fishing course so if you've got a buddy maybe that's um, I'm I'm presuming there's not too many raw beginners that are listening to this but if you've got a buddy that wants to get into it and you don't want to take the time out to show them everything they need to know then um, signing up for that course would be well worth it but $495, $495, I believe, for a full yep. full day's instruction. Um, there are some assets that you'll walk away with at the end as well so that uh, when you're out on the water on your own, um, after doing that course, you'll know exactly what to do. Yep. To yeah, maximise uh, the wonderful gear you're buying and own, maximise it by some lessons if you're starting out. Yeah, there's only so far that good gear will get you, um, but the rest is practice and good tuition. Yeah, well, two clients per one guide as well so it's not your yet stereotypical come fly fish day this is a dedicated full, full-blown course with uh, yeah uh, worth pointing out you know there, there, there's definitely something to be said for a more one-on-one or one-on-two tuition style as opposed to being lumped into a big group um sure that that brings the price down and maybe makes it a bit more accessible but it also slows you know the learning curve of getting into fly fishing yeah and then uh, that's on the Saturday, and on the Sunday, there's a masterclass for Euronymphing. So if you really wanted to dive into the deep end, you could you could do both over the space of a week. Double up. Yep, or 
you could go with your mate. Your mate could do the learn to fly fish, and then you could do the the advanced um, or the master Euro nymph course on the Sunday. Yeah. Or you could just book a guide for a day and do the whole thing. Do the whole thing exactly. Caboodle. Yeah, I think it's six ninety five per person per day guided wherever you want to go. Yep. We've also got guides up in Bright like Cam McGregor and, and other people that we can call on as well and they can turn it up on the meter. So anywhere you want to go in Victoria, we'll sort it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, you know, from the northeast out to the west, um, yeah, we, and down in Tas- Tasmania as well, of course, we've got guides that we can hook you up with. So well connected in that respect. Very good. Definitely. Um, so fish, where, where have we yeah, fishing been fishing reports. lately? Report in. Who's going first? I'll go first. Oh, he's <laughs> excited. Yeah. He's excited. <laughs> so over the last three weeks or two weeks, um, I've probably fished around the Marysville area, which is about the only place I fish, sadly. <laughs> no, that's a lie. Oh, it's uh, one of the best places It's one of the Victoria. best places to fish because yeah. the diversity of rivers. You've got maybe 10 rivers within 30 minutes of Marysville. Yesterday I hit the Brubicon and did really well all on the dry fly, which is amazing with how much water's around. Um, it's amazing what happens when you follow the thin blue line to where it disappears. The river just seems to get better. The amount of fish get better. Oh, you've given away a lot there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no. Good luck getting in there. That's all right. We might you'll want some vision tosser boots. <laughs> yeah, to you'll need some lots, of, <laughs> lots of snakes. There's actually... A, yeah, we saw a few snakes around. Anyway. Um, yeah, but everything around that Marysville region is fishing well. So the Stevo, the Taggarty, haven't fished the Acheron, but... That's my next trip. Uh, I haven't fished the Goulburn, but yeah, may, mainly the Taggarty. The Goulburn, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. that'll still be... Yeah, well, yeah but I've heard from a couple of buddies that have been mm. fishing it in the last week yeah. and doing quite well. Really? So backwater yeah. feeders, yeah. there's yeah. colour in the water, yeah. but that, that, you know, they, mm. they, they'll starve if they don't eat. The so back, they're still yeah, there. Yeah, and the backwaters yeah. tend to stay a little bit clear too, I think. Yeah. Um, we, and that's exciting fishing mm. in the backwaters. I, I crossed it at Seymour and it was mud but, uh, further up. Around uh, Alexander Thornton, etc., should be good. Yeah, yeah, it is good, and we've had a couple of guys here breaking out the two-handers and absolutely killing it with the two-handers. So, um, if you're into that, now has never been a better time. Yeah, you finally got a, a river big enough to swing, big like enough that. and wild enough and fast enough to swing some flies. Mm. You like to swing, don't you, Roscoe? Fuck yeah! <laughs> 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 Too easy. Um. Off vines, off trees. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> off a two-handed pot, or two-handed rod. <laughs> uh, oh, All right. Well, I've been how quickly too. it slips yeah. into yeah, the Ross, where have you been fishing? Um, well, I fished a couple of uh, rivers in the kind of metro Melbourne area, and I was told to not mention names, but I'll give some... Uh, what was the main one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's giving it away. See, Harrison's not going to take you fishing now. He's never going to take you fishing. Yeah. No. <laughs> What's the main one you can give away, though? I can't give either of the two away. But anyway, one fished a lot better than the other. Uh, yeah, hard. Both hard work to get into. Both um, covered in private property, so there's only bridge access to get into. <laughs> did you, Peter? Did you? What did you have for lunch? Was that is Don is good? <laughs> hey guys, it's all slips. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyone into cryptic yeah. crosswords um, should be able to work uh, yeah. those two rivers out well, pretty easily. A couple of big hints there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But um, we got in uh, at the access point. The ca- 
cat's out the bag. Cat's out the bag. <laughs> sorry, Roscoe. No, that's sorry, right. Harrison. Yeah, you know. he's never taken you fishing ever again. Well, uh, yeah, he's never going to take me fishing now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, really, really good dry fly fishing. It's actually a tributary that runs into the Yarra, so there's a bit more of a hint as well, and um, it's usually a trickle. So with this high water, it was a proper flowing creek. And uh, if you got a fly half where you thought a fish would be, you were getting a fish on a dry. Um, so big stimulators, to be honest. Um, and yeah, it was incredible fishing. And I think we probably got a dozen fish between us in three or four hours. Mm. Well done, mate. Yeah, Those great little day trip. I checked out Tennessee's <laughs> River the other day. Um, yeah, <laughs> all right. We'll cut this out. This is being yeah. edited yeah, out that's for sure. Being edited out. All right, okay. sorry on. guys. Uh, Andrew, where have you been fishing? Um, so I've just come back from a trip with uh, Flystream writer Steve Dunn. So Steve's been, uh, I guess, connected to the Fly Fisher and Flystream magazine for a long time, um, and he's been on my case to get up there and fish with him uh, for a long time. And finally, I pulled my finger out. I jumped on a plane, flew up to Canberra. He picked me up at the airport, and by late morning, we were at Lake Eucumbine on his boat catching fish. Um, hell of a good trip. You know, like the weather conditions, it was sort of touch and go as to whether I'd even bother doing it because the forecast looked atrocious and to be perfectly frank it was pretty bad up there a lot of rain uh fair bit of wind around um cold at times doesn't get any worse the weather right doesn't really get any worse yeah but you still i I don't know like maybe it's just up there or or i don't know it's it's a a general thing the weather you get little patches and it seems when that rain moves on and you get a little bit of sun or anything small that happens it's a pretty dramatic change to what maybe the fish are used to in that point in time and so something happens there's a trigger all of a sudden they're active they're feeding you know and and i don't know you get little glimpses of great fishing throughout those days so yeah i i think i need to keep a bit more of an open mind with those shit days actually fishing them you know pulling my finger out and just going regardless of what the weather conditions are doing um but yeah we fished the lake out of the boat did quite well there uh straight off out of Middenby. um really nice bay there that you can just drift through it's fairly shallow um and full of fish uh woolly buggers obviously work pretty well for that that style of fishing um definitely take a drogue with you just so you can get control your drift a bit better um and then the next day we fish you can be in river uh around kyandra um and it was good really good uh you know high water um it, w- it would be a struggle to like i think andrew fuller of five years ago would have probably hardly caught a trout but um you know with your nymphing it has opened up a bit of a new world for this high water fishing and we did quite well i think yeah, we would have caught around 20 fish. Uh, nothing huge, you know, maybe a pound and a half, two pound being the biggest. Um, so, look, that river's just in such good shape, the lake as well. It's uh, it's going to be in for a cracking season. And um, another thing you should do is check out flystream.com to read the latest article on frying pan arm of Lake Eucumbine. So that's one of the honey many honey holes at Lake Eucumbine. Um, man, that place is just full of fish like the steve at one point just stood in the one spot and proceeded to get i reckon five hookups without moving like there's a lot of fish in that bay um so i'd almost make a beeline straight back 
there, but I know that uh, it's a big lake and it's got so much life, so a lot of exploring to do. Um, we did drive past the thread boat, made <laughs> quite a detour one day, uh, wasted a bit of time doing that, but it was completely blown out and dirty. We fished it for a bit, but uh, I just don't think they would have been able to see our flies, unfortunately. But um, yeah, really, really cool country up there, and, and I was really glad to get up and, and experience some of Steve Dunn's unbelievably good hospitality he was um yeah just so kind to, to look after me for a few days and um yeah i hope to do it again soon thanks steve if you're listening can anyone good just stuff. go and book a trip with steve no so he's a retired guy okay. basically yep. um but he'd still be the first guy that someone should call um to get hooked up with a guide in the area or read his fishing reports yeah yeah uh cole roberts i believe cole roberts i think that Pretty sure that's his surname. He is a guide there uh, that Steve is in regular contact with. And, um, yeah, he, he knows his stuff, so he'd probably be a good port of call. Cool. Maxi, you tend to fishing? Yes. Um, finally got out after uh, probably, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks of not, not heading out. And I headed to the northeast uh, above Merijig. And uh, we bypassed the bad weather somehow. It certainly was wet and, you know, horrible driving up there. But Saturday and Sunday, the skies cleared. The, the rivers uh, settled a little bit. The rivers were uh, they were raging basically. So we found solace in catching fish in in, in uh, slow pockets, and the fish were concentrated in the slow pockets. And so you'd stand there and get three, four, five fish without without actually moving. And I fished it, fished it with my daughter Elsa. She did extremely well. So that was a bonus for me to, to do that. Um, and I double nymph fished uh, with an indicator as against uh, the Euro fishing, something that I do have to start trying soon. But I kept thinking uh, that there are spots in this river where a Euro nymph would actually be quite successful rather than have to be so specific as to where I fished it successfully, but uh, it was limited as to where, where uh, we fished it. I've got a blog up blog up as well on fly on the fly stream, so you can uh, you guys can read about it detail if you like but uh, um, the rivers are looking fantastic the fish size seems to be up there was a great mix of browns and rainbows um, the biggest fish unfortunately I stuffed up I didn't net it for Elsa I didn't get there in time <laughs> uh, my name is Mud but uh, it got caught in the currents and I just couldn't get to get there fast enough um, but look we only fished for a few hours and caught, caught several fish so they're, they're there it's there to be had at the moment it's a matter of finding the time, fishing the right technique, uh, the right sort of flies, and um, the fishing is, um, you know, is very, very good, and will only get better as the stream settle. Do you think Elsa will ever forgive you? I also stuffed up a three pounder last season, so yeah, so I've got, I've got a bit of. A bit of There's a, a lot of pain in the is. Caruso household. There is. <laughs> the thing is, she's catching so many fish. You know, uh, she's catching fish that are a great size. And sometimes, you know, um, getting to them is, is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So you can follow all of Elsa's happenings at Elsa Outside. Elsa it? Outside underscore yep. Outside. Yep. Right. On Instagram, yep. Um, her and her uh, partner, Fosh. Fosh AU. Fosh AU. Yeah. The prolific posters and the content is absolutely superb. So yeah. You'd enjoy uh, Kale takes an incredible photo. So definitely check that out. Um, Cole Sinclair was his name. Actually, you can be not. Roberts, I think I said, but yeah, Cole Sinclair. So if you need a guide around you can be uh, definitely look him up. Roscoe, where you been fishing, man? Well, I did my fishing report already. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. you just 
basically told everyone all my I secrets. I mustn't have been listening. Standard. Well, you <laughs> were because you told everyone this, my secrets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're off on a flight, though, aren't you, tomorrow? I am, yeah. So I'm off to Weepa tomorrow uh, for six days fishing um, out of a liverboard liber operation um, just north of Weepa. So I'll have plenty of stories to uh, bore you with on the next episode of Behind the Counter. Cool. Who so else is going right. fishing soon? Max, are you going fishing anytime uh, Probably soon? back to the northeast. Um, well, I think we've got a bit of a trip planned here oh, at the yeah. Fly Fisher. Yeah. I'm so, so excited for that. In yeah. a couple of weeks, which is our early Christmas party. Did I invite you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Peter and around 17 others. That's <laughs> nah, yeah. all right, mate. Yeah. You can swag it outside. Yeah. yeah. No worries. <laughs> that's okay. And I, I'm coming assuming I have my own bedroom. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't I'm not know sharing. if that's yeah. the... There's well, 17 if, of us. If you want, are there yeah. 17 coming? I you, think I've got my own bedroom. You, Roscoe, and his daughter, Ava, all in oh, the same God. room. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> happy. Beds. So that way you can, I think I've got a wedding. Sleep's overrated. We need the extra room. How many people are coming? I 17. I didn't think you'd be I sleeping think. that. <laughs> uh, people drop out. Though. Yeah, people will drop out. Yeah. There's a few. But that will probably be my next fishing trip too. And then off to Cocos. Yeah. yeah. How exciting. Yeah. It may be Tassie for me um, the week after, or it'll be um, probably around the, the Omeo region, about up in the Shell area. Cool. Uh, I might go check out uh, over towards Borbor, that sort of area. I've sort of fell in love with that recently. It's just a little bit further than Marisol, but it's worth it. And in the hills, there's so many small streams, like streams without names, basically, and they're fantastic. You've been poring over Google Maps, haven't you? Oh, I spend so much to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Isn't it amazing how many you can't actually see, though? Like when you flick yeah. it over to the the image and yeah. it's like, oh, that's just all bush. There's yeah. no creek of any description. Yeah, definitely, because they're so small, yeah. the creeks. Well, yeah. But sometimes you look on Google Maps and you look at it, you look at it, you go there and it's like this is exactly how it looks on Google Maps. And other times you go there and you're like, this, yeah. this doesn't look anything yeah. like what I've been looking at. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, like those rivers that have still got a, at least a little bit of size about them, you can't see them through the canopy. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> you can just hear them. Yeah, yeah. And it's dark when you get in there too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but uh, we've got a guide, Corey, up there. Yeah, Corey Milner, um, who oh, grew up in in Druin. He's our go-to man um, in Gippsland. Uh, shout out to Corey if you're listening, mate. Um, and yeah, now that we're Doing some guiding booking, we hope we can flick a few clients his way to experience the best of Gippsland. It's yeah. pretty amazing, super underrated. Yeah, like really underrated. Everyone flocks to Marysville and even the Otways uh, now. Nuji gets a pretty good. Nuji gets a workout, but yeah. like even like sure, there's the rivers in Nuji. You've got the Lock and the Torongo, but there's so many other streams around there. There is, yeah, lots a lot of, of exploring, order. lots of yeah. water. Oh, fly of the week. Shall we do that? Yeah. Ross? Um, I'm going to go with the fly that had a lot of success on the long weekend, which is a stimulator pattern. Uh, I think any stimulator that we've got in the cabinet will do, but, yeah, the the orange stimulator is probably one of my favourites. So that's interesting that uh, they were taking this. It was fairly low. The depth was fairly low. I think – no, yeah. no. It was definitely higher than it usually is, but I th- it's a tributary of the Yarra, so I think it's usually a trickle and maybe wouldn't yeah. hold fish. But what I mean, sort of the depth would have been a Oh, no, so deeper than knee. Re- okay. Yeah. It's okay. deep, so shallow. Yeah, so yeah. so reasonably shallow, shallow because, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's unusual for trout to take 
Oh, sort of for those sure. sort of flies at this time of the year. But if they yeah. can see, which would that's why we went to that. If spot. they can see a dry, they'll eat it. Mm. Often yeah. they're, they're too deep to see the, the, the dry, so that's why we're catching them on these. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't mean to butt in, but yesterday all our fish came on dries, and even from deeper water, which was blowing my mind. But I think those fish in like the upper reaches of rivers are just so opportunistic with the food. They mm. take what they can get mm. at any time of the year. I mean, we only tried dries on yeah. and we wanted to catch fish on dries and we went there purposely to catch fish on dries. But yeah, I guess in normal flows, it would probably be ankle deep. Yeah. But now it was high, it was yeah. knee deep and a lot yeah. of fish had moved from the yeah. Yarra into this creek and, and yeah, it was yeah. good. For the size of the river, it was fairly decent sized fish. Unreal. Half a pound like probably. It was, it was great fun, yeah. And we covered a lot of water in three hours too. But uh, yeah, so that's my fly of the week. I think our trout in the northeast is generally opportunistic in that if a dry fly is well presented above them, they'll come up and smash it, you know. They they, they can't really let a meal go past them. No, can, uh, these yeah. were super spooky fish. Like if the fly wasn't perfect, um, if the fly wasn't perfect, they'd look at it and there's no second chance. Mm. That was it. You, you, you're on or you're not. Um yeah. But yeah, you had one one go. Yeah. Have you got a fly, Maxi? Yes, I do, and it's a fly that I used uh, on the weekend and didn't have any uh, reason to change it because it caught fish after fish after fish for both Elsa and I, and it's a, a copper bead headed um, claret nymph. That's what it's called, and we stock it here at the Fly Fisher. Yep. And it's a very neat uh, cop- copper brassy bead head nymph. Uh, nothing too specific about it. Doesn't imitate anything in particular, but it uh, it drifts beautifully. The colours seem to have been just right. And Is that a Bassano fly? The, the uh, claret, claret nymph. We get them from a couple of different suppliers, um, but yeah, there's the Bassano. It's basically the same thing, yeah, but also virtually the same the fly. Fulling mill done by a Kiwi guy. What was his name? Um. Anyway, but so yeah, co- it's a copper bead claret nymph. Yeah. But work, designed for and Australasia, I And guess. it worked wonderfully. Uh, I fished um, as a trailing nymph uh, below a heavier nymph because I wanted to get right down, but uh, they worked very effectively. So highly recommended. I think we've got a few left in the shop. Selling fast. Cool. Am yeah. I up? Yeah, you're up, yeah. mate. Oh. Um, I think it's, it's Rosa. <laughs> Rosa. <laughs> Spanish, isn't it? <laughs> Lubos Rosa, I think is his name. He's the fly tie for Fulling Mill. He does a... Uh, Ross's hair's ear jig um, and it's got really really good weight it is just a gold bead headed uh, hair's ear nymph with a bright pink collar on it and and it just I think in dirty water and clear water it's just got everything that you kind of look for in a nymph um, but it fished really well for me at Yukonbane um, and I reckon was getting those fish that were maybe a little uh more wary and less inclined to take the old squirmy worm, which did get a workout. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> so dirty, I know, Max. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't tie any on this weekend, Max? So, so didn't tie thing? any on this weekend? Oh, I did not tie Max, how could you not worm. do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, you would have caught so many more fish. No, what, what had, I don't think we could have caught many more fish <laughs> considering the numbers we caught. No, look, I, don't, look, I think use a squirmy worm if you like. I don't mind, but I don't need to. <laughs> You're just that good. <laughs> I prefer a blank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm into soft plastics. <laughs> well, I need all the help I can get. So, no. you know, I, I carry squirms in 10 different weights and colours. 
Um, and we've got more colours in the squirmy worm material too. Yeah, for that's a good segue. I didn't mean for it we, to be, but... We also have uh, the worm chenille in now from Semperfly, which, oh my, I'm taking the packet of that home tonight. Because <laughs> it's just, squirmy worms are notorious for falling apart. Yeah, they do. You catch maybe five fish if you're lucky on them before they disintegrate but that like chenille the worm chenille worm yeah. chenille that's mm. it and Tom Drummond was talking about that wasn't he yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he was. he's a big proponent for the worm chenille just based on durability and yeah, having, durability having clients that, and I guess he catches so many bloody fish you know if he had to change his his fly every five trout he'd be changing his fly 500 times a day <laughs> <laughs> but originally there were, not that I would really want to talk too much about worms but uh, the <laughs> Originally, the San Juan worm was a chenille, wasn't it? That's it was Spanish a, too, isn't it? It is. Crazy Did you like San Juan? Juan. Oh, <laughs> you got a more throat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We love for all practice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bueno, bueno. Is Don is come on. Yeah, so that worm, worm chenille. Worm chenille is exciting. Um, and the colours are vibrant too. I've noticed that the colours really do match the squirmy colour. Well, that's what, like, I'm, like, pulling them out. There was a brown, and I'm, like, interesting. And then the pit, like, the pink, pink or whatever yeah. came out. And I'm, like, yeah. that's, like, a squir- pink squirmy worm. Yeah. It's amazing, and it, they're going to be good. I know they are. Yeah. And it looks like it will almost move more than the actual it's rubber. It's so eyes. limp. Yeah. yeah. Like, everyone talks about the movement of those uh, squirmy worms, and no doubt they do, but I reckon the chenille probably moves more, funnily enough. So you guys have been fishing with limp. Yeah, worms. flaccid. Limp worms. Yeah. Yeah, flaccid worms. <laughs> um, but yeah, isn't it funny how everything that's old is new again, Max? You're talking about the San Juan worm, and, well, which is a very right. traditional American it is. fly. It is. Um, and yeah. now we've done full circle. We've gone to fishing soft plastic and now back to, back to uh, chenille. traditional chenille. Yeah. But it. It's, quite, it's got a new name now. It's called worm chenille. Worm chenille. So it's different. It, it's different it's and much cooler. It actually is different, though, to yeah. what like the recommended patterns are to tie a San Juan one. <laughs> <laughs> I've never wow. seen like um, something like a product that has one name and it could mean like chenille. There's so many different types of chenille, right? Yeah, the plush chenille, fifteen, ten, whatever, ultra chenille, suede extreme chenille, chenille that we got in today. Chenille. Yeah, forty yep. mil. Millimeter chenille. That'd be great for game changers. It actually would. I yeah, didn't think I about that's that. a good yeah. smaller game it's, changer. Has it got the density? Yeah, thing? it's super uh, dense. It's yeah. basically a brush. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. a mini brush. It half feels brush, like. half chenille. Yeah. 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 We'll try and get that on the website because people are going to be phoning up going, "Oh, what's this?" Extreme yeah, all chenille? two packets. Yeah, of that we got. <laughs> yeah, we only because I was thinking more of Ben from Aussie Native Flies oh. when I bought that. Yeah, because um, he ties that frog, the frog puffer with the frog game popper. changer chenille. Yeah, exactly. And I think the length is about the same and the colour's vibrant. I reckon he'll really oh, so that's get just going straight it. to Ben. Well, you know, if he's quick, if he's listening to the podcast, yeah, he'll ben, get, get it in, get it in first, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we got some stuff for yeah. you. Everyone's got the opportunity <laughs> to get in first <laughs> yeah. and grab it. Um, all three packets of it. Oh, big. That's it. All right. Next yeah. on the run sheet, Peter, what do we got? My fly of the week. Ah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the squirmy worm. The squirmy worm. Uh, I haven't actually thought of one. This is really bad. Probably the squirmy worm. I'm just going <laughs> to... I think I did squirmy worm like three episodes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right. Let me pick another one then. What um, else was fishing well for you? 
Bum fluff stimmies, but I think that was also my fly of the week a couple of weeks ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> I he only, only fishes three I flies. Fish, I yeah, think yeah. My, yeah. But when you go fishermen, to the same spot yeah. over and over, <laughs> you're bound to fish the same flies again, aren't Look, you? Most fishermen <laughs> fish the same fly. There might be a variation in bead size and colour, but we all yeah. fish this a very... I, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I vary it. You like experimenting. More, yeah, out flies, of natu- yeah. probably just a natural curiosity. Like, oh, I wonder if this will work. And I'll give any fly, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Is that why we've got 5,000 different types of flies in the yeah. fly selection? Yeah, I think. And that's how I know the name of every single yeah. one of them from having tried all of them. <laughs> and some don't work, is that right? Um, yeah. <laughs> some of them. So you've got to find that for yourself, though. They, they all bloody work. Um, what you're trying to say is I'm actually wasting my time, and you're probably right. But anyway. My fly of the week is all six jig bugger variations we have in stock. Ooh. Um, I fished on a couple of times myself to not much success, but that's probably because of the water and fishing in fishing them in in really dirty water, that bulkier pattern when the fish are looking for a meal to like yeah. be effective. That, they'd be that amazing. Jig minnow, cross jig minnow, cross jig, jig minnow. Yeah, that yeah. thing looks sexy. And they come in different variations: hotheads, um, sparkly ones, darker coloured ones, mm. or black ones. And yeah, they look amazing. Yeah, um, that could almost be another technique based one too. I don't know. If there's a, I'd love to chat to Tom Jarman about it or anyone the that's tactical, the tactical swinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like just how, it, like if they do fish those nymphs differently, like or is it just dead drift euro or are they actually you know swinging them a bit yeah. or like what are they doing with them? When I first came here, it was cold at the Goulburn and the Goulburn was low. Like my first season on the Goulburn, there was a guy that I met there and he was swinging nymphs. Yeah, right. He was swinging nymphs in the riffles. Mm. So you, that would be a perfect fly for that, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, they seem amazing, and I think that's... I'm going to... Once a Goulburn drops a bit, I'm going to experiment with them there for sure. I think anything that opens up a new category of fly, like something totally different to the norm that you can try when things are, are tough, yeah. is really cool. And the other one that just springs to mind, which I think is worth bringing up, mop flies. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's another one that... It seems sometimes it works when nothing else will. Mm. So there's something in the action of that material or the proportion of it. I, I think it's know. the way that it, it neutrally buoyant in the water. So it doesn't sink like a stone and it doesn't flow. It just, it almost anchors itself in the water. It has its own resistance. It creates resistance in the water from its weight, from that material. So yeah, the material causes that knock yeah. on effect. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is very unique in this action. It is. But yeah, th- there's a couple of maybe fly categories that I probably wouldn't go and fish a river without, which you've just mm. revealed. But Peter. that tactical well swinger. Just, just from giving us your fly of the week, mate. <laughs> good on you. But it's good to understand the different types of flies and try them if things are tough because we can all get sort of get caught up in this is the way I'm fishing and this is the way I caught them yesterday. Yesterday and today are totally different days and if you can get your head around swinging a wet or a little bit of uranium or the various flies we've discussed, your catch rate will definitely improve. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got much? No, I think go? we're done. We're yeah. at the end of the run sheet. Sweet. Well, yeah, we finished the run <laughs> finished the <laughs> run sheet. Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all done. So um, Awesome. Yeah, look, the one thing I, I – we probably need like a little – I don't know, a little thing at the end there that just sort of says that it, it is you guys shopping with us that's help, that helps, I guess, 
finance these podcasts and the information that we put in them. Um, you know, we, we love doing it and we love your support. So um, really appreciate that and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, thanks. Also, stay tuned. We've got a brim fishing episode with Carl Jones coming out, which I am super, super excited to publish. Um, because I <laughs> you've been been at home like taking notes and writing questions and yeah that's yeah. right yeah and like watching flicking through Kyle Jones Instagram yeah watching wilderness being wilderness, all around fanboy wilderness fly fishing brim fishing basics and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it that is good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks guys we'll uh, chat to you next week have a good one cheers